Alright, how you doing, mixed martial arts maniacs? Today's episode is sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. If you can't be bothered to just order stuff online like the rest of us, you'll be able to always find the BJJ Shop at some of their pop-up shops, BJJ 24-7, run by Lawrence Dutton, or at Sub 15, run by Sean Matthews. I'm compare at those shows, so come and see me too. Trust me, get your picture with me. I'll make you famous. This is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I have the one and only. I know this is a big build up, you know, but this is it. She's going to have to raise a game now. It's my dear friend, Jackie Rayner. Thanks for coming on, Jackie. Thanks for having me again, Mick. Uh, yeah, well, do you know what? There is a story behind this. Technical issues. We, we've already done this before and we had some technical issues the first time. And then the second time, I don't think we covered everything that we wanted. So this is the main event. Third time's the charm, right? Absolutely. Third time's the charm. So then, Jackie, the guys who are listening to this will notice that you've got a bit of a strange accent. So tell us, where are you from? Um, I'm actually from Bermuda. Um, Half Scottish, but I was born and raised in Bermuda. So I lived there for the first 17 years of my life and then moved over to Canada to study for university and lived in Canada for nine years, and then now I've been living in Scotland for the last 16 years. Uh, so if you're paying attention there, you'll be able to guess a lady's age because you're not oh, really allowed no. to ask. Oh, I, no, no, I gave no. it away. I gave so it away. <laughs> when did you first get interested in martial arts? Um, basically, seen different movies as a, as a kid, as a teenager, but the main time where I really started to train was when I did move to Montreal, and I was trying to find an extracurricular activity to do, because this was the first time, you know, living in a big city away from home, and I really wanted to find something to fill my time outside of studying, so I was going to the university setting to find uh, something to sign up for, and I thought, Canada, it's cold, I want to do some ice skating, but unfortunately that um, program was full. So right. I was like, hmm, okay, so that's full, let me try this women's self-defense class instead. And that's where a whole different kind of world uh, opened up for me. Yeah, because you were athletic anyway. Yeah, I participated in a lot of sports growing up and represented Bermuda for, for swimming and for field hockey. Um, so kind of com- competed for that, did a lot of sports outside of outside of school and like represented the school. Um, but... but but mainly when I got into martial arts, it just opened up a whole different way of moving and kind of exploring my kind of physicality and kind of enjoyed that. Well, you see, I, I have to, because the first two times I never jumped on this, and it was, I, it, there's not often that when I, do a, when I do an interview that there's points where I go, I could have come out with a really cheesy or a really, really funny line. But when you, you said that you represented Bermuda in swimming, mm-hmm. right, did you ever get lost? No. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've heard the Bermuda Triangle story, but uh, as far as I know, never. I've never been lost. Never been lost in Bermuda. But so the physicality, what what was it about, you know, because this is something that has always interested me about you, because we've just finished a great seminar with Terry Barnett. Mm-hmm. And first mm-hmm. of all, I, you know, I still rate you as, you know, if I wanted to learn Hubert, and we lived in the same city, I would be a student. Because I, I, I really believe that your understanding of the energy drills, not, not you know, across the board, martial arts are really good, but I really believe that your understanding of Hubert, your chi sao, your trapping is you know, as good as I've seen it, right? So, You're very kind. No, 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 I, I mean it, credit where it's true. But that wouldn't necessarily be seen as a combative part of the martial arts. And when I look at you, I see 
that in your personality where you look at it more as an understanding of body mechanics and mm-hmm. pressure, momentum, you know, the, yeah. the Rick Feyline, the PMS, you know, <laughs> yeah, structure, pressure, momentum, right? Yeah. But what, what was it about the physicality of martial arts that got you into it? I'll probably say, you know, that initial start with the women's self-defense class was about being able to express yourself and react to situations. So you're put in these different stress situations where you're having to respond with either a kick or an elbow or a punch. Um, and then just putting yourself in that adrenaline rush of having to respond in a confined way, but under pressure. And I, I just think when I realized that there was so much more to the moving body and how many different ways you could move, how many different ways you can move in relation to somebody else, um, and being able to express that, whether it be at longer range and moving in or at middle range where you're making physical contact or at that tactile range where you're really staying connected with somebody else. Um, so being able to express it in all those different ways through lots of different arts because my first instructor in Montreal um, he was teaching the women's self-defense but he also taught taekwondo as well as um, Jun Fan and Wing Chun and Kali and we had a Muay Thai class that was combined with the shoot wrestling class and at later stages we then developed on into again more Kali uh, at later stages we also got into more of the capoeira and savat so so many different ways so many different cultures um, and so many ways you can express your own physicality making the most of your strength or your weaknesses and, and, and living but to that th- th- this is crazy because you walk into a class and you think it's women's self-defense and then you find out that like you've hit the mother load yeah. of martial arts because yeah. this is the sort of stuff that you know coming from my background i used to read about jeet kune do and carly and think mm-hmm. oh god if only i could find somewhere like yeah. that and then you just yeah. you just fell into it i kind of stumbled into it yeah, yeah. and I'm sure it would have found me at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that, that's yeah. what. Yeah, that's but myself and Terry Barnett have talked about this. Yeah. I, yeah, I famously, I actually set off to go to Hoxton uh, to train with uh, Bob Breen in 1988. I was working in London, yeah. and I met a friend of mine as I was getting into Finchley Tube Station, and he said, "Where are you going?" I goes, "I'm going to go to Hoxton. I'm going to Old Street. I'm going to go to training." And he was like, uh, "Hoxton Square." I was going, and he was like, "No, no." Let's go on the beer. So it took me another 12 years before I got into it. Yeah, that was an expensive night out, I'll tell you. But uh, as you were saying about the cultural stuff, because obviously you've got all of these different cultural influences coming in. And what arts did you like? Was 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 it capoeira for its culture or the movement or what? I think the, the, the rhythm and being able to express yourself through dance as well as through such raw physicality was really an attraction for Capoeira. Um, I think I really like the tactile sensitivity of, of Wing Chun and looking at the, the, the lines, the levers, the fulcrums, and it kind of was fitting quite well with the, the my studies at that time because I was in university and doing a degree in physical education, so I was really studying a lot of anatomy a lot of biomechanics and really starting to think wow look at how the body's put together look at where the 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 nervous system how that's structured where the nerves are that you don't want to press in certain areas because then you'll be able to take advantage of that with a person um and it it did eventually lead to me developing my other side of my education which is becoming a, a physiotherapist so looking at how people can move how they can develop how they study um, sports as a child and their movement develops over their lifetime and then look at all the different ways they can be injured whether it be unfortunately through martial arts or by accident um, through trauma and then looking at how you can actually rehab them to return back to that full function or as near full function as possible so for me that full circle of development education 
being an athlete, being a martial artist, as well as being able to help people return to their full function. That was a, a really good, a good progression. Well, you for see, me. this this is so cool because we talked about this, but just as you were saying it, is there's certain stuff that resonates when when I'm you know when I listen to it again. Martial arts has always been supposedly this marriage of you know healing and hurting and then the mind and the body and the spirit and we've just covered both of those right how how much do you think physical well-being affects your mental state of health well the, when things are not going well physically it, it is absolutely overwhelming and it will in, impact your mental state um, I do think obviously they both impact each other because if you're mentally not staying grounded if you're not present in the moment present with the people that you're with or in the situation that you're in then your physical reactions are not going to be able to be timed properly either yeah so and if you're again bringing that self-awareness back to you if you're not aware of how you're moving your body every day because you're so absorbed in everything above your shoulders meaning in your headspace you may not be paying attention to the the ways that you're moving that could be hindering your health hindering your confidence hindering your your how you express yourself in the world so i think that there's such a huge overlap that one cannot go without affecting the other it's it's crazy again as you're saying this it's we do look at this like uh you know i know nothing about computers but we look at the brain as the central processing unit or you know it's the tower Mm -hmm. you know and then everything else is just a periphery. And yeah. then we don't realise that, it, you know, we are like the sum total of all our parts. Mm-hmm. And we don't put, you know, there's there's no emphasis, but everyone's like, yeah, I'm fighting depression, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then me and you all talk, and you, you go, how you doing? He goes, yeah, I'm kicking tired, but I'm working out. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? Well, no, yeah. I'm tired, but I feel great. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. it, it, it's that correlation between making both of them work. Mm-hmm. So... I think when you say some of your parts, that's why that the history with how I got into martial arts and, and the instructors that I've ha- have had a huge op- opportunity to train with over the years have had a huge influence on me and how I've developed and being in university and learning martial arts. My instructor, Michael Gregory, was very intellectual and he would really pitch things in, in just in a way that, that made my mind think. And I think that was a really good timing for me because I was, you know, first leaving home, quite young, still learning, learning how to learn to live, live away, away from home. Impressive. Um, and and a very you know amazing time to to learn and train all these different arts and then I had two years of living in Vancouver as well and working under um, Edward Wong Uh, he was a really amazing martial artist as well right and what was that uh, urban survival systems right also um, teaching more of his modern chamande as well in Vancouver so again I was really lucky when I did move there for my studies because my second degree was a bachelor of science in kinesiology so again it's that whole development of understanding a lot more about biomechanics and and the moving body and and bringing that into my my current degree uh, and and current working as a physiotherapist you you see this this is the thing uh, yeah we've been friends now for uh, i think it's over 10 years i think it's 11 maybe even 12 years right that we first met and you know i always knew you were intelligent I had no idea how intelligent. As I've said before, we've talked about this. Yeah, you're one of the only. You're only. You're one of the only people that um, makes me nervous because I can bullshit my way out of most stuff, right? But you're literally one of the only people I know. But I, yeah. it's like my friend Nathan Leverton. We always say uh, we feel less smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and especially you know. Guys, you know the situation. I come out with this, make me a sandwich stuff. And uh, myself and Jackie have had some great conversations about uh, gender equality, mm-hmm. p- 
politics, stuff like that. But it was like, I never had any idea how smart you were until we started talking about this because physiotherapy and what you do now, you know, what is your role? You know, what, what do you do day to day? Uh, at the moment, I'm working for NHS 24, so it's predominantly telehealth. So it's it's working with people through the telephone by triaging them, assessing their symptoms, assessing what they are doing with their day-to-day that's contributing to why they're having these physical problems and making sure they have the right advice and what to start with. Either that means this is all they're going to need, because often people improve by uh, any muscle joint problem can improve quite quickly with good access to, to the right advice right. Um, so making sure that they have that in set set in motion now um, it, they may not always need to see someone face to face for them to improve their problems yeah um, but I'm also working one-to-one with patients as well um, with with the staff that are working there right and no, no, don't. <laughs> and that's not that's sometimes not a good part right so yeah. I do really enjoy working one-to-one with people and as well as people over the phone because there's there's so many ways you can help people um, and oftentimes I said it's looking at yourself looking at what you do on a daily basis and trying to shine that light up to people and show them that you know this is great this maybe you could be doing more of these are things that might be contributing to why things are, are doing well for you or why things are not going as well and it's, it's having that insight to kind of talk to people and 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 show them those things and and again, they're showing me things as well because obviously there's so many different problems that people can present with. Yeah. Um, you're constantly problem solving, co- constantly trying to figure out what they need to hear in order for that to drop for them, for that penny to drop. But it, it, it's funny you said this because it's like, you know, one of the things that draws us to martial arts, first of all, we try and save, we try and help ourselves. You know, we mm-hmm. try and create a better life for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then w- once you get into teaching, you then are trying to help other people do mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. And it's one of the things I've, all, I've always said about martial arts. If you go into it and you're ultimately quite selfish, it, it will never really give you the mm-hmm. payoff because no. you, you, there is a, there is some sort of service that has to yeah. be put into this. So, so like, at the moment, like working for NHS 24, it's all of Scotland. So I'm able to speak to people all over Scotland. So that that's a, a, a really prized position to be in that you can have that wider reaching effect on a lot of different people yeah. and, and it is as you said that service to, to the community and that service to other people and just again making sure that you're in a place where you're you're fit to do that so you're focused your your attention's there you're not overly tired you're not you've not been overtraining and overstressed that you're in a grounded position to be able to, to support other people that are going through so many different difficulties. In well, life. you know, you've just hit on something and it's, it's something that I would not, not normally uh, go down the line of, but it's in martial arts. I see this where you get people that are like instructors and they're going to be like the Oracle of all knowledge. The, this is the guy whose advice I'm going to follow. And then you look at him and you just go, but you're not even following your own advice. No, no. You know, and, and, yeah, and That's you, the hard yeah, part. yeah, you have to be strict with yeah. yourself. You have to be it's strict with yourself. It's much easier to give the advice than it's to take it. Well, but you, trying to practice what I preach and and take things on board myself. And the first thing is saying, I don't know everything, because then if you if you start saying, yes, I know everything there is to know about physiotherapy, right away you should retire and ch- try and go to another job. But it's mad you said that because as soon as you're saying that, it's like the whole Bruce Lee empty your cup thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really like quoting Bruce Lee because every time I see it. Uh, you know, first of all, I was not a Bruce Lee fan. Secondly, when people are going, yeah, you know, Bruce Lee, and I say, 
when I hear Bruce Lee, I just think, take out a 45 iron, boom, sickle it. That's it, yeah. That, so, unfortunately, all of that, anything else that he said, yeah. I was like, sorry, mate, you just come out with some comedy voice mm-hmm. there, you know? But it, you know, certain things that Bruce Lee, I think, really was on the money with, mm-hmm. you know, the whole. The, the beauty of not knowing, yeah. the beauty of admitting that you don't know, you haven't got the answers, and that's a great place to start to learn, yeah. isn't it? So and, and be able to surround yourself by people that are so knowledgeable and so um, influential on your life, because again, we talked about how when I went to Montreal, I stumbled upon martial art training, but when I moved to Scotland, when I moved to Edinburgh, it was specifically for studying physiotherapy. Um, I hadn't known that there was this place this gem of oh. that my, my martial art home in training in, in Edinburgh um, under Guru Rick Young that was an amazing find and I'm so pleased that that's how everything kind of came together so that I can have a, a place to really learn and really develop and and be able to train with so many um, fine martial artists as well um, there's, so many there's people some... that are talented or are attracted to that place for a really good reason um, to be able to learn from definitely well you, well you see Rick something you know you stumbled onto you know you haven't stumbled onto it you've just mentioned something that i was trying to ham-fistedly try get to which is what was it like the first time you walked into rick young's gym bear in mind that you'd already trained yeah um i think it was getting used to the atmosphere and it was so many different um you know people that had such a working at such a high level so being able to train i remember my first few times training with john kennedy <laughs> and keith porter jesus and and just being able to do some panatukin with them the, the trapping and and even just trying to spar and, and kickbox spar and i realized looking back now the majority of my sparring at that time beforehand was in savat so you're more looking at you know kicking with your toes you know precision. hitting with the foot the precision yeah. um and it was almost like speaking another language because i was aware again and looking back that with john's physicality and he's such a powerhouse it was a lot of the the tie kicks and that baseball bat kind of connection and it and it was so interesting like to see that now thinking wow so many different arts so many different ways of expressing yourself <laughs> We'll be back to the interview in a moment, but I just want to say thanks to the BJJShop.co.uk who made today's episode possible. Check them out for all your geese and all your BJJ and MMA gear. In fact, all your martial arts gear. And look out for their pop-up shops at BJJ 24-7 competitions. If you're looking for some really hard-to-find items for your BJJ and your MMA training, go to the bjjshop.co.uk trust me there's some of the best in the business you mentioned savat and we talked about we talked about this before but what was it that's you know specifically about savat that appealed to you I think at the time when I was training more in Savat was in Montreal, so it was in a, a French, you know, it's a French English yeah. culture. Yeah, this is what so. So when you're when you're thinking of uh, an art that's developed in France, then it really did make sense to, to train it within within Montreal. And did you? Did, how did you find the French Canadians with the Savat? Did they? It was great. It was really popular, very popular. Uh, the, my instructor at that time, Michael Gregory, he did go on after I left. Unfortunately, he did go on to, to take a team through to, to do international competitions right. for the, the Canadian Savat team. So um, it was just the mistimed it when I'd left. Oh. But I, again, I'm not Canadian, so I would have been able to do the training. But unfortunately, I'm not Canadian uh, to da- represent. Damn Canada. those borders! Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But you see, if Bermuda had had a Savat team, uh, yeah, it might have been like cool runnings. Yeah. It might have been one of those. There's four guys on the olympic team all right okay so what other arts do really fascinate you that you haven't studied yet that i haven't studied yeah 
I haven't done much training in Aikido at all. I do find that interesting. Uh, I would love to do more training within uh, Qigong. Um, again, more to bring that, that mindfulness to my training. But at the same time, I don't want to seek too much of other things where there's so much depth in the arts that I already do. Well, we- so with, with Kali being like my primary art that I would would definitely spend the majority of my day training uh, or want to train in um, it's making sure that I'm, I'm accessing lots of different aspects that will bring bring forth more strength to my overall art so trying to spend more time doing grappling to really develop that tactile yeah. sensitivity on the ground but but within Cali for me at least there's there's so much depth to it I don't feel I need to add more of other arts necessarily I need to do more of what I'm already doing yeah and no, it's, it's funny you're saying this because I trained with John will yesterday and like yeah, you know, the guy's just first of all awesome jujitsu, awesome jujitsu coach. Secondly, probably one of the greatest teachers I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good. But it's like he said, he goes, you have to be a specialist and a generalist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the minute he said that, you were one of the people I was thinking about because he was saying, what you need to do is it's like you have to you have to drill a mine shaft, but at the same time he goes, that just crazy stuff he was saying. He was like about teaching a room and he, he said we, we we are now programmed by watching television to look at the 21 the the two 2.1 mm-hmm. split scope so when we look at stuff now yeah. we look at it as a rectangle and not a square yeah. and then he said but women look at it as a square you know and we're on about the mind's eye yeah you have to mm-hmm. stick with me on this but you were the first person i thought of because i thought uh-huh. no no Jack, jackie rayner looks at the same she looks at life the same way i do uh, which is we need to have this almost panoramic view but with depth as well yeah. and that's for yeah. me when I think about martial arts I'm like yeah yeah and he goes and if you just drill enough mind shafts guess what you will have the breath and you will have the depth and I was like yeah. wow but it, just one thing I'm going to get you on when you're on about qigong and some of the internal stuff for somebody who understands the human body as well as you do like some of this airy fairy stuff just gets me I, yeah, and I just don't get it you know this internal stuff and I want to believe in chi but I believe in physics more yes yeah so how do depends you reconcile how, depends on how you want to explain it um, to explain that energy you can explain it through physics terms or you can just explain it through as you said how some people call it airy fairy I think for me you could take it to whatever depth that you want if it just means being able to sit in a room in silence and just really get into t- touch with you know when everything else is silence, what's that inner dialogue going on? Is it that monkey chatter that constantly distracts? <laughs> with me, you? it's tinnitus, so I'm tinnitus. all right. <laughs> yeah, or or is you know are you really getting to to that that quietness that's inside and trying to make sure that you can bring that quietness not just to when you're in a quiet room on your own, but you have that kind of calm, settled, grounded, authentic way of being when you're out in public. And there's all these things that are going on around you and there's all this mayhem, but you still can try and go to that place that that's quiet inside. And that's that's probably the, one of the harder things to do because there's a constant reaction to things that are around you and being that person standing too close or that that person is looking at me funny. And, you know, there's there's so many things that that are unpleasant. They can be unpleasant yeah. when you're in public or there's things that are really amazing and when you have that kind of quietness inside that you'll be able to experience all of it but not let that disrupt you. Yeah, you can tune, tune you into can the tune stuff in. and then tune out. Yeah, uh, you can tune you know into what? things that are beautiful and you can be left undisturbed, hopefully undisturbed by all that mayhem around Just you. when you said something beautiful, just as you were saying that, I was like, I've gone in there with some half not even half amusing, you know, it's airy-fairy Aikido. You've turned around and like, I've been, I, as you were saying it, you saw me smiling and I'm like, yeah. shit, 
that's really profound that's awesome because I'm like yeah the sound of one hand clapping all of that and I come out with all this bullshit to people and I say it to them but you see I'm de- I, I, by my own uh, admission I'm a very ignorant individual you know like trust me I'm the sort of guy that looks at Neil deGrasse Tyson and me and him would we would we'd end up talking about rock music because mm. uh, yeah I, it would be lost yeah. on me but just as you were saying that to be able to bring that as you you know i don't really like using the terms like mindfulness and stuff mm-hmm. because when i hear people say that i'm like you're taking just yourself be, too seriously just be awareness but, 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 but yeah but awareness. when you said it when you said it i was like do you know what no do you know what? i can listen to this this so is pe- cool people stuff. are finding that same that same level of of self-awareness but they're just coming into it from a lot of different angles so it's not all um paths suit you but there's definitely going to be a path that's that's right for you as well jesus do you know what as you guys Trust me, the first two were good, but this one, it actually is. <laughs> this one really is a good one. So we're just off a very amazing seminar with Terry, Guru Terry Burnett. So, and that's the thing when you when you understand how how you learn, how your need for learning and and taking and learning from all these different sources. You you do want to surround yourself by people that really inspire you. So trying to spend as much time as I can um, learning from the likes of Guru Dan Asanto, which my very first <laughs> seminar was in 1992. Wow. And kind of remembering what my mind was like back then not really having any clue what was in front of me and then being able to be really fortunate to spend time seeing him on seminars now um being able to access the the main home my martial art home with with guru rick young and then if i have the opportunity i'm able to travel and see all the all these other instructors like daniel lanero rick fay you know again it's it's an amazing opportunity to see how all of these people move how they learn how they teach and how that can influence well this is this is the thing like we we will unfortunately we will have to wrap up because time is always against us but this is going to be the one thing that I have to say yeah there's a lot of stuff I admire about you and yeah I, I do love you and I, I do mean that you know what I mean I, I'm I, I have lots of acquaintances and then there's there's certain people in my life that I just when I see them I just I'm just dead happy like as I said my wife Annie always says you're one of the only people in martial arts that she goes yeah Jackie's great because she's not one of the weird ones and I'm like that well who <laughs> is the weird she doesn't one? know me then yeah, yeah you know what I mean but well, no one I'm of the things weird. yeah well we all are a little <laughs> yeah. bit but uh, one of the things that I've always liked about you is whenever you do go travelling you immerse yourself yeah. You, you know, you don't just go for this. You don't do the McTilly. You jump on Ryanair, you do the seminar, and you come back. Anyone ever asked me, how was it? And I was like, it was a sports hall. I was training. I was in a sports hall. I was gone. But that's, yeah. if that's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you see, as I said, I'm ignorant. That just no. proves that there's room for us all in martial arts. There's going to be other responsibilities that you have in your life that will take precedence. So you're just doing as much as you can. And again, for me, it's just trying to take that opportunity to say, this is the city I'm in. This is the country I'm in. How much more outside of the martial arts? Because they stand on their own. Yeah. Um, but how much more outside can you can you really absorb from that whole experience of being there whether it's in Spain and looking at the the architecture in Valencia um, just beautiful Um, looking at the culture how everyone there interacts and really kind of just sitting in a coffee shop and observing and listening and and again trying as best I can to pick up any of the language and then meeting Um, a German teacher yeah that was amazing yeah yeah that just sitting in a small cafe in in Spire Spire Germany and happened to share a table um, with this older lady that just conversation turned into a really beautiful experience just learning she was a german uh, language teacher and i've been trying to learn a little bit of german and trying to you know 
develop something more than just how to you know order my coffee or order a pretzel but you know she was she was really kind it was really it really touched me but you, I did like that because I actually saw it on Facebook and you said you know it is because I know what you're like uh, as a person I like you like to sit down have your own space do your own thing and I could just imagine somebody saying do you mind if you share this table with this person yeah. and I could imagine the internal dialogue going if they're not a weirdo maybe yeah but if yeah, they are a weirdo they will know yeah. pretty quick yeah. so it, it, and it turned out to be a great experience yeah her daughter was there as well so I got to meet her and, and yeah it was just something that you could be really closed off and say no I'm not sharing this space with somebody else but obviously the, the timing was right and, and it was a, a great experience that just opened up from a, a simple act of saying by all means share this table it was a, a gorgeous day inspire so is there anybody we, we are going to wrap on this but is there anybody that you would just like to acknowledge you know that's helped you along the way or is there anyone that you would like to train with yeah this is a proper mm, open-ended well, one for you yeah now. i mean it's just there's so many people that have been a, a tremendous influence on me in my life within training and I, I don't think that is just your your instructors i think it's also your training partners as well yeah and and you know with living in montreal it was jeru jamaji uh amazing martial artist kapoor savat kali winchan and and more in terms of living in montreal uh, in scotland now living in scotland now i've just had so many really kind helpful um supportive training partners over the years like yeah. colin heddle and mark appleford oh great guys yeah yeah, yeah so and alistair and you know, when you get to travel and you, and you engage in seminars in other places, obviously I get to meet the likes of yourselves and, <laughs> and Sid, you know, Sid who's uh, everywhere. And I think we're all helping, you, all helping each other. Yeah, but look, look what you did. You actually, you're talking about affecting change in the world. You managed to get Josh Siddiqui <laughs> to a seminar an hour earlier an than hour he should have been. Normally yeah. he's like a day later than he should have been there. He did well. Uh, we, we all did well. Yeah. yeah. And is there anybody, is there anybody you'd like to train and, with? I think I'm just really fortunate in the place that I'm already getting to train. I think, you know, I'm spoilt for choice in terms of the, the, the calibre of teaching and, and training under, you know, Rick, Rick Young. Um, I think if I can make the best of the opportunity I have there to be able to, to continue training and making making the most of my own art and exploring my own expression of that by my training in Edinburgh as well as being able to travel um, and see all these different amazing instructors and keep training. That's it. And any plans for the future? What would you like to do? Well, I think keeping that that balance, um, that balance of being able to train and being able to to help um, people working as a physiotherapist and and just always having that that constant balance between helping myself as well as having that fitness to be able to help other people as well. Well, you know what? Yeah, it sounds really cliched when I say this, but you are one of the only people in the world that I know that is actually doing some good in it. Because you know what I mean? It's, you know, you're, you're, you're in a vocation, not a career, you know? Yeah. And I know that you don't really get paid well when you're in a vocation, you know? But yeah. it, you, Jackie, you're doing great in the world. And you know what? This has been, it's just been wonderful chatting to you, yeah. as always. I really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> get out of here. You're, you're one of the best martial artists I know, and I don't say that to many people. You know, you know me. I, I'll, I'll always say he's an interesting person, or yeah, she's a nice girl. You know, but credit where it's due, you are one of the best martial artists I know. And if you're listening to this, seek Jackie out because she is that good. There you are, Jackie. Thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank no, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry.
Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Today's show is sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. These guys have got everything, including all those really hard-to-find items that you just can't find anymore. And they've got an awesome line in the hard life gear. Check it out. Those geese are like tanks, man. They are bulletproof. All right. Peace out, guys. Wow.